Good morning. It's Monday, September 9th, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. President tests limits of power in crisis. Immigration push in Congress falls to the back of the line. And on both sides, Syrians make pleas to U.S. In today's national headlines, a quest to save AM before it's lost in the static. In South Florida, a polluted bubble ready to burst. And jealous plans to step down as president of NAACP. In today's business headlines, Verizon FCC court fight takes on net rules. Apple to unveil two iPhones, aiming one at China, and the latest overhaul of the MGM studio appears to be a moneymaker. More business stories ahead, more national and world news, too, a roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story, President Test Limits of Power in Crisis. Charlie Savage has the story. In asking Congress to authorize an attack on Syria over claims it used chemical weapons, President Obama has chosen to involve lawmakers in deciding whether to undertake a military intervention that in some respects resembles the limited types that many presidents have launched on their own. On another level, the proposed strike is unlike anything that has come before an attack inside the territory of a sovereign country, without a self-defense rationale and without the authorization of the United Nations Security Council or even the participation of a multilateral treaty alliance like NATO, and for the purpose of punishing an alleged war crime that's already over. The contrasting moves, ceding more of a political role to Congress domestically while expanding national war powers on the international stage, underscore the complexity of Obama's approach to the crisis. His administration pressed its case on Sunday, saying it had won Saudi backing for a strike, even as the Syrian president warned he would retaliate. The moves also ensure that no matter what, the crisis is likely to create an important precedent for the often murky legal question of when presidents or nations may lawfully use military force. Many legal scholars say Obama is proposing to violate international law. But others contend that the question is ambiguous without any clear answer, and some suggest that the United States could establish a precedent creating new international law if it strikes. The United States has used its armed forces abroad dozens of times without U.N. approval, but typically has invoked self-defense. The most notable precedent for the Syria crisis was President Clinton's 1999 bombing of Kosovo. But that was undertaken as part of NATO and in response to a time-urgent problem, stopping a massacre of civilians. Efforts to deal with the novelty of the crisis in international law have become entangled in the domestic law question of whether Obama could legally order strikes without congressional approval. Stephen Bradbury, a head of the Office of Legal Counsel in the Bush administration, said it would be politically difficult to order strikes if Congress refused to approve them. But he predicted that future presidents would not feel legally constrained to echo Obama's request. Every overseas situation, every set of exigent circumstances, is a little different, so I don't really buy that it's going to tie future presidents' hands very much, he said. But Harold Bruff, a University of Colorado law professor who's one of the authors of a casebook on the separation of powers, argued that the episode would have enduring political ramifications. I'm sure that Obama or some later president will argue that they can still choose whether or not to go to Congress, he said. 
but it does raise the political cost of a future president not going to Congress because the president will be cited against him or her.